they saw this guy walking around, but they only saw from the torso up because the stage used to go all the way back. So where the stage is now, it wasn't a stage. That's where people would have been seated or walking. And so they saw that without us even telling them about other guys. There have been many instances over the years of inexplicable things happening. And I'm the biggest cynic of anybody you might ever meet about such things. But I have to admit that uh, I, I can't explain uh, certain things. And uh, other folks have shared experiences with me when they've been at the house. And um, all I can do is just weave it into the fabric of what it is to live at Birdie House. Yeah, and uh, my grandfather and dad used to tell us about the meeting tree. And uh, I remember, you know, getting the nerve up on our bikes to see if we could go over there, you know, and hear it. But we were able, you know, we were never able to hear it. We weren't always late enough to hear it, but he used it. Scares to death to try to go over there and see if we could hear it. I am going to be telling the story of the meeting tree, which my dad told me when I think I was about five. Their room was upstairs, and um, so in his dream, he went to uh, chat with her to see who she was, what she was doing in his house, etc., etc. And uh, she started becoming a little bit belligerent. It's said that this time of year is the time of year where uh, the veil between what you can see and what you can't see is thin. And um, the festival of Halloween is the, uh, is the thing that marks off warding off evil spirits by trying to scare them away. I don't really understand how that works because aren't they evil? But whatever. Every town has a story and uh, or several stories and ours is no different. So, on our first episode, we're going to be visiting some of those stories of uh, local lore and legend. Some are true and some aren't. Some are from people who've lived here a long time and some are new, as well as music from people who've made Lockhart their home. I'm Stephen Collins, and this is 78644. I'm Tammy Francis, and I am the current vice president of the board of directors at the Geislet Baker Theater, which I have been at for 12 years. And I also run the after-school program, the summer programs. I direct plays. I do set design. In fact, I won an award for set design for Godspell. And costume design also for Godspell. I am there a lot. Sometimes I'm there alone. And I've heard all the ghost stories. We were doing, gosh, this was probably eight or nine years ago. We were doing a vaudeville show, which is our big variety show that we do in the summer. And I was waiting backstage to go on, and there was uh, some brooms and some other things kind of piled up, and nobody was near them. And the whole stick of the broom just moved completely sideways, like if somebody were pushing it. And that was really strange and really creepy. And I've never been able to explain it. It just... It just happened. There were a couple other people back there, but they were facing the other direction, so they didn't see it. And it was something that was very tangible as opposed to just when you're there alone, sometimes there's some very eerie feelings. There's very many different ghosts. I didn't feel like there was any evil thing going on there. 
Because I know we have some friendly ghosts, so I don't think that was an evil ghost. Not that we have evil, evil ghosts, but that there's some that seem a little darker than others. There's three that uh, people tend to go on about. So there is one that has been called Other Guy for a long time. And that person hangs out kind of stage right back where our little tool room is. And it's a little bit more of an ominous presence. And what's interesting is not too long ago, a couple years ago, we had a couple mediums come in. And what's super fascinating is they saw this guy walking around, but they only saw from the torso up because the stage used to go all the way back. So where the stage is now, it wasn't a stage. That's where people would have been seated or walking. And so they saw that without us even telling them about other guy. And they felt that other guy wasn't evil, but that there was definitely other guy gets upset when you mess around with too much stuff. Then there's laughing lady. And laughing lady is usually in the whole lobby area. Nobody usually hears her anywhere else, but many, many people have heard her and even recently. And there's always a smell of perfume if you're in that area. But specifically, my friends were there not too long ago and they thought it was me coming into the theater because apparently her laugh sounded like mine. And they heard a laugh. Uh, my friend was up in the sound booth, came, came down to talk to me about something. And then my other friend was down towards the stage and she came out to the lobby and, and, and he and she met in the lobby and they're looking at each other like, where's Tammy? And they're like, wait a minute, did you hear that? Did you hear that? And there was nobody there. There was literally no one there. There was nobody walking by the theater. And there was a slight smell of perfume in the lobby. Everyone says Colonel Baker uh, haunts around. And I haven't personally had any contact with Colonel Baker, but a couple other people swear that they think that Colonel Baker is there. Recently, because we've had two different groups, um, paranormal groups in, and mediums, they picked up some really fascinating audio in our old sound booth, and it is compelling. It sounds like somebody's knocking on a door and a man saying, oh, I like what you did with your hair. And then somebody else saying, oh, I did it for the show. And back then it was where they showed the movies where the sound booth was. And the other interesting thing is that same area is where our men's clothing is. And my husband has always felt super creepy up there. He's like, it's very heavy in here. It's very weird. Then um, the medium also found that there was a lady up by the dressing rooms that was uh, looking very period and older and absolutely not modern. So we've had a lot of different people have different experiences. Our next play coming up is called Blythe Spirit, and it is set in the 1940s. It's a ghosty play. You can go to mygbt.org and sign up to get notices of all our plays. We are running Friday the 28th at 8 o'clock, Saturday uh, matinee at 2 o'clock, and then Saturday night at 8 o'clock. And that wraps up our Blythe Spirit run. Speaking of ghosts, Tam Francis has two ghost story fiction books. One is a collection of short stories inspired by places around Lockhart, and the other is a time travel murder mystery ghost romance that you can find locally at Wendy R's Books and Gifts. Tam will be joining other Lockhart local authors on October 29th 
from 1 to 3 at Wendy R's to meet and greet and sign books. Up next is a little song that's inspired by the Salem Witch Trials and uh, the idea that um, the real spells happen on the accusation of people and what they say people did instead of what they really did and how something small can turn into something huge and terrible if you let it. time here in Salem were a series of peculiar events the daughters of the town all were stricken with a sickness they say the devil had sent so dance teacher but then there's a rhythm in your wicked ways And the hounds are howling in Salem Someone's going to hang today Of old cotton mather, 
So dance, teacher, dance There's a rhythm in your wicked ways And the hounds are howling in Salem Someone's gonna hang today I'm Kara McGregor, and uh, I am the owner of Birdie House and its chief occupant. I've been at Birdie House and in Lockhart for more than 20 years now. Birdie House is an interesting old place. It, it's uh, I, I feel like I'm taking care of a museum as much as I am living in a house. There have been many instances over the years of inexplicable things happening, and I'm the biggest cynic of anybody you might ever meet about such things, but I have to admit that uh, I, I can't explain uh, certain things. And uh, other folks have shared experiences with me when they've been at the house. And um, all I can do is just weave it into the fabric of what it is to live at Birdie House. It's appropriate to tell this one story. It happened in a fall several years ago. It was kind of how it is now. The weather's cooling off and the leaves are falling. I was having some electrical problems in my house and the electrician I was working with at the time uh, sent somebody out, and they got behind on their schedule that day, and they had to work late to catch up. And I was still in my job at Austin on the way home, and I called the electrician. He was out the house. He was up in the third floor attic doing his thing. And I said, you know, I'm about an hour out. And he said, well, that's just fine. I'm sure I'll finish up long before you get home, but I'll call you tomorrow and tell you where we stand. I said, great. So I'm fighting my way through traffic, coming into Lockhart. It's dark at this point. I pull into my driveway and his truck is gone. So I just thought, well, he finished up like he thought. And uh, I go in the house and I'm just hustling around, picking things up, getting some dinner ready for the rest of the folks joining me that night. And um, I run upstairs and in the landing on the second floor, Birdie House has two floors and back then a third floor attic. On the second floor stair landing, there was a tool belt. That was strange. Electrician left his tool belt. Okay, I'll check in with him later. Um, But then I noticed the door up to the attic was hanging open. So I climbed those little narrow stairs to get up to that third floor attic. And there was some other tools laying around up there and the lights were still on. The little work lights were still on. And so I started trying to call the electrician. I couldn't reach him. I couldn't reach him. Um, It's the next day and I still can't reach him. So I reach out to his boss and I said, hey, you know, he seemed to have left in a hurry. I have his tool belt. Did he have an emergency? Is everything okay? And uh, his boss said, well, He's not going to be back to your house. And I asked him, what do you mean? And uh, he said, well, he saw some things up there. I said, well, tell me more. I don't understand. Well, I'm just, it gives me the willies. I'm not going to talk about it myself. Maybe you can talk to him sometime, but uh, he won't be coming back to your house. I didn't know what to say. I, I said, okay, well, I'll keep trying to call him. I have his tools. Long story short, it took a few weeks for me to actually get this electrician on the phone. <laughs> he told me he was up there. The uh, the work lights were kind of flickering a little, but it's an old house, and 
and the lights have always flickered a little. He heard a noise behind him in the attic. And this attic, it was, you know, rafters unfinished, but it had plywood all down the center so you could walk comfortably up there. And there was a bunch of old stuff stored up there, old Halloween decorations and Christmas and furniture that didn't have a home, stuff from previous owners still up there. And he says he heard a noise behind him, turned around, and he saw a chair slide from one end of the attic all the way to the other. He said he couldn't move for a few minutes. (laughs) And then he saw the chair turn around, like rotate is what I gathered (laughs) from what he said. He saw it move again, and that was it. He he took off downstairs. He felt he wasn't moving fast enough with all his tools on him, so he dropped his tool belt so he could sprint faster out of my house, piled in his truck, and screeched away. And he told me, indeed, he will not be back to my house. We arranged a place off-site for me to meet him and hand his tools back. He would not even come in the yard. And um, I'm laughing because I have never seen anything that was ominous, you know, at Birdie House. But uh, clearly he was messing with something that uh, the house didn't like. All Hallows by Louise Gluck. Even now, this landscape is assembling. The hills darken. The oxen sleep in their blue yoke, the fields having been picked clean, the shaves bound evenly and piled at the roadside among the sea foil. As the toothed moon rises, this is the barrenness of harvest or pestilence, and the wife, leaning out the window with her hand extended as in payment, and the seeds distinct, gold, calling. Come here. Come here, little one. And the soul creeps out of the tree. There's a lot of traditions in in Lockhart. And um, one of the ones is uh, the Lockhart broom ride on the square, which is kind of kooky. And uh, Sunflower and Friends and Chaparral presenting it. Um... And this episode is dedicated to Sunflower and Friends, our local music school and shop, repair shop. They, uh, they are the place where you can teach your kids uh, how to play an instrument at a reasonable price, where you can get your gear fixed. Um, they employ musicians. And uh, this episode is dedicated to them. We're uh, sending all donations to them. So they're uh, having a little bit of trouble getting through this due to inflation and the pandemic and whatnot. So part of the uh, reason to be doing this podcast is to make people aware of all the music and art that we have going on here in uh, Lockhart and surrounding area. If you're feeling inclined and you like what you hear, just uh, donate uh, today and you can uh, help out our local music shop on this episode. Starting at uh, Sunflower and Friends on uh, October 26th at 6.30, you start at Sunflower and you bring your own broom and you ride around the square and, and end up at Chaparral. Then we'll have a kind of a little DJ party going on there. Uh, Jason Cronus is going to be DJing. Also, there is a uh, on October 28th, we've got uh, the Trunk or Treat 
at the uh, Parkview Nursing and Rehab. That's uh, 1501 South Main Street in Lockhart. Uh, kids can wear costumes. That's from 3 to 5 p.m. Later that evening at the Commerce Hall, you'll have Rattlesnake Milk, uh, Parker Chapin, and then Chaz Emil Bissett will be playing uh, as well. Chaz is, is the guy that runs Sunflower and Friends, uh, along with Naomi. And so uh, it's a full day of uh, art and Halloween fun. Uh, the show gets started at Commerce Hall around uh, 7, and um, it's an all-ages cover at $10. So speaking of Chaparral, Taylor Burge came in, and she did a really unique version of Come Little Children, this song that's uh, featured in Hocus Pocus. I'm going to play that for you now.
my name is Charlotte Elizabeth Collins. I'm Ellie Raycon. I am going to be telling the story of the meaning tree, which my dad told me when I think I was about five. So it is a story about two people who were in love. But the dad did not like that um, his daughter was in love with this man. So the woman decided to tell the man to meet at this tree. This was during the Civil War times. Nobody knows why he didn't show up, but whenever she went to the meeting tree, he never showed up. Nobody knows why the boy never came. Sometimes at night, you can still hear the girl crying. It is located at um, closest to the firefighter park, but next to the post office. My name is Parker Allred. Uh, my family and I moved here in, I can't remember if it was 83 or 84. I was a, a young tyke, but uh, yeah, I've been here pretty much the entire time, with the exception of college and a four-year stint on the railroad. So right over here on Main Street in the house I grew up in, and um, I would say it was probably the early 90s, um, my dad called me on a weekend, and he was a little shaken up, which was very unusual for him. He was a very stoic, uh, calm individual. And uh, so I asked him what was going on, and he kind of beat around the bush a few minutes, and uh, finally got to saying, hey, do you believe in ghosts? And I said, no, I don't. Why? And he related to me a story of the night before he was at a party, um, one of the local investment clubs. Uh, they had been at a party and uh, he started feeling not well. So he decided to go on back to the house and go to bed early, took a shower, went to sleep. Um, that evening in his sleep, um, <laughs> He, uh, he told me that he, in his dream, he woke up to a lady standing or coming up the stairs is what it was. She was coming up the staircase. Their room was upstairs. And um, so in his dream, he went to uh, chat with her to see who she was, what she was doing in his house, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, she started becoming a little bit belligerent with him implying that it was his house, not her house. And, uh, yeah, yeah. So she, uh, she started saying, no, I'm not lost. This is my house. I built this house in the early 1900s to be next door to my daughter, which all checks out with the historical nature of these homes on main street. And, uh, and that she was, uh, coming up to go to bed. And, my dad said, well, that's my bed. You're welcome to use the other side, but I'm using this side. And apparently an argument ensued to the point that uh, she threatened to kill anyone in the home who was not a Cardwell or a Cardwell descendant. And uh, yeah, it freaked my dad out. Um, he woke up terrified and um, he related that story to me the next day. Let's not come right from Judas. 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 Let's not come right from Judas.
Well, I think it's about time to check in with our old friend Barney Chowder. Get eye on the sky, keeping tabs on Lockhart. Barney, what you got for us? Hey, Steven. You're out in the sky up here, Barney Chowder. Uh, I gotta be serious with you. All that construction going on at that Valero, we tried to land the chopper in there. We had, we were running out low on gas. We usually fill up there at that Valero right there on, uh, right there on 142. And they've been, I guess, redoing the pavement there, so it took a lot longer. But we're back up in the sky. Um, everything looks pretty good here. It looks like that new Chuck E. Cheese. You know, that's always going to get a big crowd right here around dinner time. But, you know, for a Monday, doesn't seem too bad. You know, got all the healthies over at Swamp Fitness doing their thing, watching that. And, uh, you know, all the action kind of going on at the Poco Loco when you get on the outskirts of town. But other than that, my cart looks pretty clear free right now. Looks like we got some clouds kind of moving in. The, the kind that we call the, the cumulus cumulus clouds are moving in. Other than that, looks like we're going to be good. This is going to be a nice uh, end of season for the dove season. Like I say, it's always a pleasure to work with you, Stephen. Barney Chowder, you're out in the sky. Well, Wednesday, October 26th, as we talked about, Sunflower and Friends in Chaparral present Lockhart Broom right on the Square. You meet at Sunflower and Friends at 6.30 p.m. for treats, noise makers and assembly, and fly to Chaparral at 7.30 for DJ dancing and other witchery things and all kinds of, you know. So bring your own broom. All right, so at the Pearl that night on uh, Wednesday, October 26th, is local singer-songwriter Chris Lancaster from 7 to 9 p.m. Thursday, October 27th, Old Pal is having Erica Michelle from 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. The El Rey Nightclub is having line dancing with women only from 6 to 7 p.m. Lodoff Fanny's is having karaoke night from 6 to 10. The Martindale River Cafe is having movie night, and they're showing Hocus Pocus at 8 p.m. Friday, October 28th, Old Pal is having Charlie Murphy. Charlie. You know, he's hanging out with the big dogs, you know. You know, Charlie didn't know he was doing crazy things, and I had to straighten him out. Sometimes I had to go upside his head. From 9.30 to 11.30 p.m., the Pearl is having a Halloween party with Tom Foolery and the Salunics. That's uh, actually Tom Pyle and his local band. 9 to 11 p.m. Arts and Craft, it's open mic night with Halloween style, so please come tell your ghost stories that you haven't heard here. Or if you have told them here, you can go over there and tell them. The time is going to be to be announced on that. Commerce Hall is having Chazamil Bissette, and Rattlesnake Milk opens with Parker Chapin. Doors open at 7, it's an all-ages show. We've got to remind you that this episode is dedicated to the Sunflower Friends Music Shop as they have both a school and a repair shop and a shop that you can buy guitars and other instruments in. Amps, all kinds of things. Uh, Chaz does great work in the shop. He uh, He's retubed a bunch of my gear and he has great taste. He was in Austin before he came down to Lockhart and it's a, it's a real honor to have him here because he does fantastic work. He does world-class work here in town. Naomi runs the music school, very dedicated music school for any age to take a, an instrument and learn it very well. And it also includes a recital in front of a live audience where you can learn to play on a stage before a live audience, which is important in playing an instrument. 
And so our episode is dedicated to them and to every donation that you make. And we do encourage you to donate because it will go to them directly as soon as you donate. Saturday, October 29th, uh, Old Pals having Ruby Dice from 9.30 p.m. to 11.30 p.m. Sunday, October 30th, Old Pal is having a brunch with Bear Ryan from 12 to 2 p.m. Martindale is having a Monster Mash in downtown Martindale at the Martindale River Cafe at 417 Main Street. That's 11 uh, to 2 p.m. Free music, hay rides, trunk or treat, games, vendors, costume. Fantastic for the kids. The Pearl is hosting Sunday night, October 30th, W.C. Clark from 3 to 5, Sunday matinee. And Monday, October 31st, well, nobody's doing anything but trick-or-treating, so you heard it right here, 78644-NEWS. Dustin Welsh has come into the studio to talk with us on this episode, and uh, he and I have known each other, I guess, maybe... I want to say 10 years or more, and um, recently, about four years ago, I think, uh, moved to Lockhart, and uh, I had had a dream one night that we were working together, and I, I hadn't seen him in like five years, and I called him, and I said, hey, man, I had this weird dream that we're supposed to, like, you know, work together, and you were like, really? And so he came down, and and we did a song together that I think ended up on, we did a couple of songs together on on your new record, uh, Dustin, isn't that right? Yeah, and so we were we were living in Martindale uh, still at the time, uh, but but yeah, you you invited me over uh, to come to Lockhart, and and I hadn't really spent much time here before that, and so of course just immediately fell in love with the town, and uh, as well as you know getting to work in the studio here with you, uh, we recorded like one entire song. Uh, here and then did a bunch of overdubs as well for the last album of mine uh amateur theater it's been great having you around because um we've gotten to know each other's friends and 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 working on each other's music but you we're also getting a chance to work on a new project together which is a foray into television and film with a concept that i have called deep texas where we get musicians to play characters in a glorified fictional town that's based on all these little towns around us my first response was you realize i'm not an actor right you know but i but sure, yeah, I'd give it a shot. And the character that, that that you wrote, in fact, I mean, it's not that far from the the truth of actually who I am, anyway. So you're a lot smarter than him, though. <laughs> <laughs> way smarter. But um, I'm I'm having fun with it. It's kind of fun to bend all the rules and see how far we can push you know ourselves in the creative world to see what we come up with and so i'm i'm looking forward to, to showcasing that too when it comes out so we've been able to do some work on that show together musically too we've done a couple of songs i think we're going to show one of the songs we've been working with uh for deep that's kind of in this creepy vibe that we've got going on this episode yeah getting to kind of start thinking about writing like i've always tried to make my music and the records be fairly cinematic anyway thinking about something that's specifically for how to how to make something sound like the way that that the film looks (laughs) 
steps of everyone who came and went. In my eyes are wide and wondering what all the thundering meant. I find myself thinking that lightning will finally strike the ground and the bats above the cold house clouds have a Gotta go deeper, take the long way down. I gotta go deeper if I'm gonna stand my ground. I gotta go deeper, take the long way down. I gotta go deeper if I'm gonna stand my ground. You get in a world. You create this world, and then you live in it, and puts you in parameters. You know, puts you in a in a completely different space. And that, so that song, working on, I think it's called Deeper. It's really interesting to see it take place because I don't think we've done anything like that before, where we just lay something down and in, in, in that world and be like, okay, hey, this is in that world. Take it and figure something out. <laughs> you know. Oh and, yeah. So. And I was able to kind of use a lot of this sort of imagery from around Lockhart as well and some of the the characters that that you're introducing in this I was able to kind of get get inside of that those characters mind a little bit we're going to do a song do you want to do the song or do you want to do uh, you want to tell the story first because both of them have stories right this was kind of the the Halloween episode so we were talking yeah. about spooky stuff and yeah and I was going well I mean I'd I was actually born in a in this old plantation house out in Franklin, Tennessee, uh, that was very haunted. Uh, I I think that they finally determined, uh, you know, whoever was haunting this house, they must have been blind. You'd be sitting there, uh, and then all of a sudden a chair would just fall over, or you'd feel some something just like come over and knock against the couch or the bed. So they finally figured, well, this, this ghost must have been blind because he can't see where he's going at all. You know, in my teenage years, I was studying a lot of that old kind of, you know, folk, Appalachian blues and all, all that kind of stuff. That oh, There's a lot of murder ballads and, and, uh, and all those. All that, you know, the Carl Sandburg American Songbag and uh, the Harry Smith folk anthology and all of those. And so, so I'd, I had decided I wanted to write basically just a murder ballad see see how that would work a world senior in my mind is gone and so is all of my money but one small kiss is all that I wish but you are sweeter than honey I have squandered my whole life away now I'm asking you for benediction But I'm going down to the river to drown And now is the time for redemption Cause there are glorious bounties in heaven above Glorious bounties on earth But when your course fails out among the rails You never know what they were worth There was a young woman, and I loved her well 
She was all my eyes could see But for all I could do Her heart was never true And still I could not leave her be Well I found her in bed with another man I killed him in his sleep Well I was quick with him But she died only when She awoke and she began to weep There are glorious bounties in heaven above Glorious bounties on earth But when your course fails out amongst the rails You never know what they were This is all that I wish For I may never again have the pleasure And see I have squandered my whole life away Now I'm asking you for benediction Well I'm going down to the river to drown And now is the time for redemption And there are glorious bounties in heaven above Glorious bounties on earth But when your whole course fails Out among the rails You never know what they were worth There are glorious bounties in heaven above Glorious bounties on earth But when your course fails Out among the rails You never know what they were worth anything that good when i was 16 man that's 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 a good tune it's like it has that um that western lift to that sort of marty robbins quality on the on the chorus kind of spaghetti western sort of yeah treatment on it a little bit well i grew up around a lot of texas songwriters so yeah it's in it's in the blood yeah well you're playing you're doing some gigs around here you want to tell us where you're playing next yeah i get to play around lockhart a lot these days uh, which is great because uh, I can walk to a lot of the gigs even one of the easiest kind of load-ins I, I have these days we are doing something for the barbecue festival things coming up on the 5th November 5th and uh, so they're gonna have us uh, I think me and my my cello player Mark Williams are gonna play over at load off Fanny's on the 5th and then the next weekend we'll be playing at Old Pal I generally, I'll, I'll do like a set with the band there like the second Saturday of every month. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, two weekends in a row coming up right here. Lockhart, Texas. That's awesome. Well, thanks for taking time to come by and do this. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thanks for listening to our first episode. It's been a lot of fun. We look forward to seeing you next time. 78644 is produced by Kate Collins, recorded at Troubadour Image and Sound, the Troubadour Studio here in Lockhart, Texas. Original music by Dustin Welsh, myself, Stephen Collins, with help from Fred Mandahano, Jacob Hildebrand, and Zach Schaefer. Performances by Taylor Burge, 
and Dustin Welsh. Thanks to them for that. If you have music or art that you'd like to talk about here on 78644, please email us at 78644podcast at gmail.com. Our podcast will be available on Google Podcasts and Radio Public and at your favorite podcast platform soon. Thanks a lot.